Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. I would love to preface this by saying that if you are um, currently walking through grief or trauma or um, something really tragic, I just want to give you a little trigger warning that this may be hard for you to listen to. But if you're really looking for honest honesty around this subject, if you're looking for a story that you can connect with, and if you're looking for guidance and tools on how to trudge through that grief as messy as it may be, this episode is really going to help you. But if it's really raw and fresh for you right now, and it's difficult for you to hear about other people's tragedy tragedy or, or trauma, then maybe save this for a later date. But if you are really looking for that guidance and you're really feeling stuck in what what pain you've now experienced, if you're really struggling to hold on to any kind of faith, faith that God is good, faith that there is hope in the world, um, faith in any kind of goodness, um, specifically, you know, is God good? Should I hold on to that belief at all? I'm not believing that. If you're feeling any of those things, I really, really think this episode is going to encourage you provide you with actual tools, provide you with some perspectives that you might not be considering right now that might be really, really helpful. So today I actually spoke with Maria Hatch Bowersock. I wanted to make sure I said her name right. She's an author and a speaker and a mentor, and she's really uh, helping women find who they are and take their place in their God-given identity. And what that basically means is she is very open (laughs) and very honest with her story of tragic, tragic loss, which you're going to hear about in this episode. And she's also really articulate and really intentional about providing women with not only truth, but also tools to practically find ways to heal and to walk through that journey and walk through that pain of loss or um, just hopelessness and grief. And so today we're diving into a lot of things. So get ready. If you are needing a little bit of help in this area, if you're trying to learn how to better understand someone walking through grief or currently walking through grief yourself, I think this episode's really going to bless you. So I won't make you wait any longer. Let's dive in. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey, Maria, welcome. I am so thrilled to get to chat with you today about, I think, a little bit of a tough subject, but a very necessary subject. Mm-hmm. I'm excited, so excited to be able to be here. So thank you for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so I guess the first, the best place to start would maybe just to start with 
a little bit of context and a little bit of the story. You recently wrote a book, um, Oh Goodness, If Everything in Our Lives We Knew to Be Good Was Gone, Would We Still Say God is Good? Can you tell me a little bit more about why you chose that title and what inspired that? Because I really resonate with that subtitle for sure. (laughs) And so, yeah, just any any context you can provide or background and story would be very helpful. Yeah, absolutely. So in 2011, my parents um, were killed in a plane crash. And it was a story that and we can dive more into it a bit later. But it was a story that made national news and it made national news because my brother was actually on the plane uh-huh. and he survived it. Oh my and this was the second crash that he had survived. Um, oh, and wow. It was had, the second? It was the second one. Oh so it's God. like, yeah, it, it was insane. It was insane. So it had made national news. And, you know, I'm sitting watching this news story unfold and I'm listening to, you know, this is a miracle story. This is miraculous. And, and it was mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. But the other side of that was. I'm sitting there going, I get that this is miraculous, but for me, Mm. this is still so unbelievably painful. Mm -hmm. So I went on this um, journey and it was like a seven year journey of really wrestling Mm. um, with God and understanding his goodness, because what I was fighting for was how how is this good and how is this going to be used for good Mm -hmm. and is the way that you use it for good going to ever feel good to me? Mm -hmm. Um, And it was really wrestling to know his goodness in a very personal way outside of the news story, outside of what other people were saying. And really for me, what, how, how was this good? How could I say that God was good. Hmm. So that's, that's really what sparked this journey, which later led to this book. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Wow. Woo. So you're in this moment and watching. So you're, you're watching these news stories that are highlighting the miracle and simultaneously feeling this deep, tragic pain of loss and Mm -hmm. trying to put that together in your head. And I, I really, love that how honestly you just said that um and the way that you've articulated what that feeling can really be like something that I often have described when I've gone through my own seasons of wrestling like that is I don't think I necessarily doubt that God is or that God exists like I don't think I'm struggling with whether or not he exists I'm actually struggling with is he actually good and I think that can Mm -hmm. be scarier to actually wrestle with you know um so going back to when that tragedy happened how were you told um, about that? Like, how did that all not to go into like the nitty gritty details, but I'm just curious, like, what was your initial, how was that, how was that told to you? What was your initial reaction before the news stories, before all of that Yeah. in the, in the intimacy that no one saw on the news? How was that from behind the scenes? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, still to this day, one of the darkest, one of the darkest days of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, the best way I can describe it before I even like tell the details is it really felt like wanting to die, but the torture part was, was knowing I had to live it. It Mm -hmm. was the darkest moment to this day. Um, and so what, what happened? So my mom had sent a text at around 3 PM that day that said, I love you. I won't take my mind off of you. 
Hmm. And she had just gotten back from a missions trip. So I hadn't seen her in like two weeks and she was my best friend. And so I texted her and I said, stop leaving us just kind of like as a joke. Hmm. Had no idea that that was going to be the very last thing I ever said to her. Wow. And I got a call that night from my papa, like around 11 p.m. Hmm. And it clicked. Like I talked to my mom all the time. It was like that call came in and a series of thoughts just flooded my mind instantaneously. My mom should have called me. My mom would have called me. Oh my gosh, I haven't heard from my mom since 3.30. Hmm. Um, the plane crashed. And it ended with me thinking the plane crashed. I can't even explain why I thought that. Wow. But I just did. I realized I didn't hear from her. It's 11 p.m. And so Papa's call comes in and my phone dies. And at that point, this is 2011, so I had a BlackBerry. Uh-huh. And a BlackBerry takes forever to sink and charge after it dies. Hmm. Or at least it felt like that. So I had, I was like, my hands were shaking as I'm plugging the phone in. And finally, like, it, as it charges back up, his call comes in right away. Hmm. And I... I answered and he said, Marie, are you sitting down? And I just said, Papa, tell me, are they dead? Mm-hmm. Because I knew he was in Spain on his 50th wedding anniversary. He shouldn't have been calling that night. Mm-hmm. Like I just knew, mm-hmm. um, I just knew that something was wrong. Um, and when he, he confirmed that they were, um, I just fell on the floor screaming. But then he said, I need you to be strong and go tell your siblings. And that like jolted in me something to do with the grief. So mm. I was like, okay, hold it together mm. and be strong so mm. I can go tell my siblings. Um, only at that, at that point in time, I didn't know that Austin was on the plane. I thought it was just mom and dad. Mm. So that was a whole other discovery a few hours later. Was that was, yeah. Horrible. So was he with them then or like, yeah. Okay. Um, was this a commercial flight or was it a smaller airplane or was it, it just was a, a free thing? It was a small bonanza. My dad owned an airport here in town mm-hmm. and just like as a hobby, he loved to fly. So he mm-hmm. owned a little bonanza plane and he would fly, fly us to the lake house just for the weekends. Um, and on that particular day, I remember going shopping at a store here in town and looking outside, I got out of the car and I looked outside and I was like, it's such a weird day today. Mm. Like the weather was so weird. Mm. Um, and it played a role in Mm. the, in the crash. Wow. Oh, oh my gosh. Wow. So you, so you go tell your siblings and at what point did you find out that your brother was actually on the plane? Was it that night? Was it a few days later? No, it was that, it was that night. So I go, I I call all three of them. Mm Mm-hmm. And I asked him to meet me at mom and dad's house and I got a hold of my, my two siblings and they came over and we broke the news to them, but I could not find Austin and I started to get angry. Like Mm. I was frustrated at him. Mm. Um, And finally two of dad's friends pulled up and I ran down the driveway and I said, I can't find Austin. He's not answering the phone. And they look at me. And then they look at each other and they look like they're about to puke. Hmm. And they said, Maria, Austin was on the plane and he's probably not going to make it. And that was when like everything, like I just had, I went over to the grass and I ended up puking because it was that the grief was so unbelievably, it was just, it all came out. Like it was horrible. And then, 
And then on top of that, like after that, we walked through the house and we realized, oh my gosh, the dogs aren't here. So the dogs were on the plane. Like the whole night was like a series of loss, 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 loss. And it just, it was like so unbelievably overwhelming to get this so much loss at one time. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And, and how it almost like gradually unfolded. It was like, yeah. as if the initial phone call wasn't enough, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. Yes. And it's crazy to think, I mean, and it's so real, but it's crazy to think how much deep, shocking, intense, emotional grief can affect yeah. us physically, like lead us yes. to have physical pain or, yes. or getting sick. I mean, it's a real thing. I remember this is a little different, but I remember um, someone that I know telling me that after losing both parents in a very short period of time um, and then going through a loss of a child, like they went, it, it, it just sent them into early menopause um, yes. just because it totally, the, the emotional stress can totally affect your body mm-hmm. as well. Wow, that is so intense. Um, I guess I'm curious, after that initial night, what did your, what did grief or what does grieving look like to you? Because I know grief doesn't just go away. Um, they always right. say time heals all wounds. And I'm just kind of like, does it though? I think it definitely lessens the, mm-hmm. the frequency in which they occur. But yeah. what is what has that looked like for you? What did that look like for you in those first few weeks, those first few months? Yeah. How did you kind of slowly keep walking forward? You know, Jordan, that's like a, it's definitely messy. I think mm-hmm. it's so easy. And I, I'm telling, I'm saying this out loud to almost make myself be honest mm-hmm. and hold myself accountable. It's so easy. I know people want the neat story mm-hmm. because they want the happy ending, but that's not always the case of grief. Mm-hmm. And so I'm saying that out loud so that I'm like, okay, Maria, tell the truth, be mm-hmm. honest, yeah. because it is tempting to lead you down this like very linear path of like, and then there's healing and it's right. beautiful. And it's and great. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Like I discovered God's goodness, but that doesn't make the grief any less. And it doesn't even make the, the result of trauma. I have very practical things that I now have to deal with, like trauma therapy mm-hmm. from this, that just is, re- it's real and it's hard. Mm-hmm. So I would say the first year was a shock mm-hmm. and I was probably in a stage of shock and survival because I was also the guardian. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he was in a plane crash and yes, he healed, but what people didn't say, see is he had a traumatic brain injury. And so if any medical professional understands that, but if you're not a medical professional, it's like, you don't, you don't really understand what goes into that. Mm-hmm. It was it was a lot in our home. And my husband and I had just gotten married. We were only married for three months. Wow. We were pregnant with our first child. So that first year was just a lot on our plate. Yeah. Um, and it was survival mode. Mm-hmm. And and then year two is when I started grieving. Mm-hmm. I realized like the loss of my parents. Mm-hmm. And because I didn't really have time to grieve that first year. And as Austin started to heal, I would say, then I started to actually grieve. But then then year three, I started to have these symptoms of extreme anxiety and extreme depression mm. to the point where it was like debilitating. And because I was having kids at the time, it kept getting diagnosed as um, postpartum depression. Mm. But I was like, this is not getting better. This is not postpartum depression. So for three years, I struggled with this um, the severe anxiety and the severe depression. And I was in and out of counselors office offices and doing all the work. Like I remember one time a counselor had said, given me a prescription 
of scripture and just read it 10 times a day over and over and over again. Hmm. And I am not knocking that. I am, I am all about practicing scripture because if we want to get better at anything, we practice what we, Mm -hmm. what we we want to get better at, Mm -hmm. but it didn't work in the way that he was suggesting. And it actually made me feel like a failure, Hmm. like something was wrong with me and something was though, Jordan, like it wasn't a normal, it wasn't normal anxiety and it wasn't normal depression I had, and it wasn't diagnosed until three years later. Hmm. So we're what one, two, we're five years into this grief where I finally get diagnosed appropriately with PTSD Hmm. from the plane crash. Yeah. And it wasn't postpartum depression. So all of these things that were getting treated as postpartum depression that wasn't working and I was feeling like a failure and feeling guilty and like something was wrong with me. Well, something was and I was being misdiagnosed. Mm. And so once I was appropriately diagnosed, um, then I was able to start with trauma therapy. So it was like I've grieved and then I hit trauma. Mm -hmm. And then that and working through trauma has allowed me to grieve now, like finish my grief. So in a Hmm. interest, I mean, it's, it's very interesting. Like I'm actually still grieving Hmm. because the trauma disrupted that. Um, because trauma tells you you're not safe mm-hmm. and like that you need to be afraid or there's no security. So I stopped grieving because I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel secure. But now that I do, now I can finish grieving appropriately. Right. But it's been a journey. Like, and it's still this very long, long journey. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am and how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org lost. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quinn's items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag, and I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like these are incredible. (laughs) Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. 
Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one for one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients, and it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. First of all, thank you for sharing that so honestly, because yeah. it is so easy and, and tempting. Like you said, you're like, I want to give people hope. I don't want to tell them this is going to be a long, messy, hard journey, but no. that's life. Like life is a long, messy, yeah. hard journey. And when you're faced with something so tragic and so intense and I mean, it's real. And I think yeah. there, I think that's important to be honest about. So thank you for being as transparent and candid with that as possible. Yeah. Um, I'm curious if you've seen, I, th- I recently had it sent to me a couple months ago. It was a picture of what looks like a ball in a box. And on one part of the box, there's like something that almost looks like a little button. And it said the button is, the, it, when it gets hit, it's the grief and the ball is, you know, bouncing around. And when you first go through something so tragic, the first initial onset of it, whether it's in the first week or the first year or two, it's almost like that ball in the box is so big that it's always hitting that button and it's always triggering you. It's always yep. just a mess. And then when that to kind of i guess go along with the illustration or the the phrase that time heals all wounds it kind of illustrates that slowly over time and as you seek counseling and as you get mm-hmm. take small steps back in life that ball will get smaller to where it's still bouncing around in that box and it doesn't ever fully disappear but the amount of times it's hitting that button that's making you just completely feel it on such a deep level and sometimes just yeah. totally break down is less frequent it doesn't mean it doesn't yeah. happen and so yeah. i think that really is a helpful visual for those who are like oh well that happened years ago you're you know, you're through it now. You're a strong believer yes. now. You've got hope now. It's like, that doesn't make the pain any less painful. No. And that doesn't make the bad, you know, even the good that can sometimes come out of a very bad thing doesn't make the bad thing any less bad. No. <laughs> and we're worth no. it, you know? No, I think that's so, I, yeah, that time heals all wounds. Like I, I have seen in others and even myself that time can actually make you even more unhealthy if mm. we're not getting the right help. Mm. Um, and I don't even know 
the right way to say this. So bear with me as I maybe fumble through it. But what I have seen, and it's been, it's been something I've seen over the years and I still am trying to like figure out how to talk about it. But I talk openly about my trauma and my grief and that I take medication and that God has healed me, but he's done it through trauma therapy and he's done Mm -hmm. it through counseling and he's done it through medication. Um, And the pushback that I get from that is, well, he could have healed you in other ways though. Like as if the miraculous part, (laughs) the fact that it wasn't miraculous Hmm. takes away from the the goodness and the healing, but it doesn't. Hmm. And something that I've become so passionate about is like the practical healing of God is miraculous. Hmm. Like it's okay. It's not any less miraculous that I've been healed through practical in practical ways. Like Hmm. it doesn't make God less God. Totally. Um, Hmm. And I, I, it just like, because even when I started taking medication, like there is a belief and I even had the belief without people telling me like, I'm not trusting God. Well, no, I am trusting God and mm-hmm. I'm using this this tool as well. But but I, I got to that point because I actually realized time heals all wounds is, is a load of crap mm-hmm. because time didn't heal my wound. It actually, it got worse because I wasn't seeking the appropriate, and it's not even that I wasn't seeking. It was like, I just didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't know right. I had trauma. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't getting the help that I needed. Mm-hmm. But once I did, then yeah, time was able to start healing that, but it doesn't, time in and of itself doesn't heal. Hmm. That's so yeah. true. And I love that you that you shared, like sometimes it happens through these practical methods, which I personally believe are yep. only possible because God created humans and gave humans gifts to find, you know, cures and to be counselors and to fulfill these roles. It's kind of like that didn't just appear out of nowhere. And the other part of that, have you ever heard that analogy of the guy who is drowning at sea? Have you ever heard of that? I don't I don't think so. It basically it illustrates the exact same problem that you just highlighted that belief that like this guy is his you know he was a fisherman or something and his boat sunk there was a storm and he's trying to stay afloat he's drowning in the ocean he says god save me god save me a couple seconds later um a boat flies by or not flies um you know uh, what's it called? Sales? Sales by? Sales, I guess. Yeah. It, it goes by. <laughs> a boat it sails by, by <laughs> and he, somebody reaches, you know, throws him a rope. It's like, hey, buddy, you need help? He's like, no, 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 I'm good. God's going to save me. And then they're uh, like, okay, you crazy and leave. And then a couple of minutes later, there's a helicopter that happens to fly overhead, notices him struggling in the water, throws down a ladder and says, come on up, we, we'll help you. And he said, no, 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 I'm good. God's going to save me. And then what ends up happening is he ends up drowning. And he gets to heaven. He's like, God, why didn't you save me? He's like, I sent you a boat and a helicopter. Like, it's just that realization of like, sometimes it doesn't look like him like raising us out of the water. And, you know, this miraculous suddenly we just teleport and we're on land. It's sometimes Mm -hmm. it is through these means of other people, other people and practical tools like a boat or a ship or like uh, therapy or whatever that looks like. And I think understanding that is so key because it's our own pride or our expectation as to how that healing is going to happen that can actually hinder us from experiencing the very healing we need to experience. And so I love that you said that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so interesting to be in and also an observer of the story that took place on the news Hmm. Because what I noticed is people crave the miraculous, Mm. like the miracle of like what we can't see and it just happened. Mm. But there's so much more practical that actually went into 
the miraculous story, like helping hands and people around. And But it's just so interesting. We do love a good miracle story, mm-hmm. which who doesn't? Right. Who doesn't? Right. Um, but yeah, it just is one of those things like God is still miraculous. All healing is miraculous. I think mm-hmm. that's really what, um, yeah, what is important is all healing is miraculous mm. and a miraculous work of God, whether it's practical or, you know, something we that's, can't understand right, it or. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a really helpful, I think, perspective, because I think we so often expect miracles to be one type of way or our expectation. And sometimes it comes in many, many forms. So yes, it really does. Really good. And so important to hit on. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you as well was, I think on this subject, what did it look like or what helped you find that healing the most? And how did you really get to that place of you went from, oh, my gosh, God must not be good to now Mm -hmm. having this voice and that being a big part of your message. So how did you go from being in that place to now actually discovering that you believe God is still good in the midst of that profound pain? Yeah, it um, was multiple things. It definitely was the counseling trauma therapy. But the thing that I consistently did, no matter like what I was doing in addition to my healing, you know, cause there was medication as well. And, um, is I kept going back to scripture, even when I didn't understand it mm-hmm. and the scripture that I kept going back to, and this is actually, um, cause I wrote a Bible study as well. It's the Oh Goodness Bible study. And it's all on this. It, I kept going back to John 15. I am the vine. You are the branches. And I didn't understand it. I didn't understand it, but I just kept going back and I kept mm-hmm. practicing. And it's, I actually thought of my brother a lot because prior to the plane crash, he was like an amazing basketball player. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, To the point where like scouts were coming and watching him in high school, like joking with dad, like we're Mm -hmm. taking him before he even goes to college. Mm -hmm. And what I watched him do is he'd be up at 5 a.m. every day practicing and he wouldn't practice until he was he was good. Mm -hmm. He would practice until like there was just no more mistakes. Mm -hmm. And he was like one of the best, but he would still keep practicing. And I think I liken that to scripture a lot. Um, like I really want to know the character of God. I really do. Mm. But different seasons and different situations really fog my view of his character, like God's goodness being one. Mm. And so I just go back and I kept going back to scripture, like, And I was really transparent with him that I didn't do this thing where I'm like, okay, I know you're good. So I just believe it. I decided to bring my real self and say, okay, I know I should believe you're good, but I don't believe it Hmm. because this is really painful. And I kept doing that and I kept practicing scripture. Hmm. And eventually one day I was sitting at the kitchen table and it clicked. I had, I actually drew out John 15 and it just like, it was like a, one of those revelations and I got goosebumps all over like, oh my gosh, I get how you are good and you mm. can't be anything but good because I'm attached to you and you, you can't, you can't be bad. So therefore I, as a result, like benefit from your goodness 
Hmm. And you can't be anything but good because that is your character. It just like it all hit me one day. And I think that was just a part of the journey Hmm. of me needing to know that he is good, but just knowing it personally, not just knowing it. um, You know how like, you know, Pinterest Mm -hmm. and how we will create boards. Like I have a board for my kitchen, my living room and Mm -hmm. inspiration and I'll pin them. Mm -hmm. Well, I do that with the character of God so often. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, I know you're good. And I'll reference that when I need to, like a Pinterest board, Mm -hmm. but it's an idea. It's like Mm. ideology. Mm. It's not my reality. I actually don't like my living room inspiration board on Pinterest doesn't really look like my living room Mm. at my house. Yeah. But it's my inspiration. And that's what I do with God's character. Like, Mm. okay, this is my inspiration. I'll pick from you when I'm ready and when I need it. Mm. But it would never was a reality. And I think that's that's what um, I don't think I know that God wanted his goodness not to be my Pinterest board inspiration, Hmm. but to be my reality, like Hmm. taking it from ideology. Like this is the idea I have of you, God, to this is not just my idea of you. This is my reality Hmm. of you now. Hmm. Um, And so that, that is why I think it took seven years is, or took many years is just for anything to become an idea to a reality. There's a lot of transparency that needs to happen. Mm -hmm. And that feels really wrong to tell an almighty God Mm -hmm. that, you know, like I, I don't, I don't struggle to believe that he's an almighty God and he is God. Mm -hmm. So it feels wrong to tell him, I I don't believe that you're good. But in order for me to have a real relationship with him, I have to bring my real self to him. Mm -hmm. And that piece was missing in my relationship with the Lord. It Mm -hmm. was, was always, this is what I know, but you can't really know. You can't really know what I believe, mm-hmm. even though he knew it was, there's something to be said about being honest and saying it to him and confessing it like to him. Yeah. So that I think just the practicing of scripture and being honest mm-hmm. and bringing my real self. That's good. Is being the- honest. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. true. It's true. I actually, I had a realization several months ago when I was kind of wrestling with that same question and I remember it kind of clicked for me in a similar way and I said wait a second as much as I'm having a hard time believing God is good like if God were not good like let's address that that means nothing is good like no one nothing there's no goodness in the world and I've seen enough goodness in tandem with pain um that would make that argument null and void immediately and so I think that really hit me of almost like, well, that's a pretty hopeless world then, you know, even when you feel really hopeless. Um, So in a similar way, I kind of had my aha moment of like, man, if God's not good, what's good? Nothing. You know, Mm -hmm. like that's the reality. I I don't want to live in that reality. I want to live with hope. And so anyways, but it actually reminds me thinking about that of a quote that you have that says um, the hope you have is a story to be told. Can you Mm -hmm. expand on that a little bit and speak on what that means? Yeah. So what that means to me is, you know, because this story made national news, I've been able, something I love is talking to other people and hearing their stories. And I've heard often since writing my book, well, I don't have a story like you. And it, that's kind of where that quote came from is it's, it's not about a sensationalized story that we have that makes us qualified to talk and speak. 
about our story. It's the hope that we have Mm. that gives us a story to tell. And so if, if that's God's goodness, then tell that and testify to that because that's worth talking about. Mm. And that's worth sharing, like strip away all the details of our story. What do you know about the character of God that is very real to you? What Mm. have you experienced? And then go and tell it. Um, and we live in a culture where it is um, highlights on the sensational. And so it's easy to think like, well, I don't have, I don't have that. I don't have that. Well, no, God, because of who God is, if you have experienced him and his character, that right there is a hope for somebody. Go tell that. Like that is worth sharing and that is worth telling. Hmm. So good. So that's where that came from. I love that. I love that. It's so good and so simple, but also difficult to do. That's always one thing I've noticed is sometimes the most difficult things to do are actually the simplest. The simplest, I know. Yeah, but they're sometimes the hardest step to actually take and it takes courage, you know. Um, It does. I'm curious, um, a little bit unrelated, but something else that I just kind of thought about was you had shared this story of this tragic loss that you've walked through. And now how many years out of that are you? Nine years post? Nine years. It's been nine years, at least based on when we're recording this. Um, So (laughs) I am curious with in the, in the journey of rediscovering, you know, faith in God's goodness, maybe not necessarily that he exists, but in his goodness and rediscovering hope and the voice and the story that you now have to give hope to others um, and meet others where they are. I'm curious in the midst of that whole story arc and that whole experience that you've walked through and now where you're at today, how do your parents still play an active role in your life and in the work that you do? Mm. That's a really good question. And I think about that a lot. I, um, their legacy has left such an imprint on me that, I mean, I think at my book launch, I gave a little spiel and I didn't even mean, I wasn't even going to go down this path, but it had hit me as I started speaking. None of this would have happened had they not died. And how, and the, this that I'm talking about isn't like, oh, now I'm an author and now I get to speak. You know, I'm talking about, I would have never been able to testify to God's goodness. I might get choked up right now. I never would have testified to God's goodness in this very painful, very excruciating real way mm. had this not happened. And as painful as, um, as this experience was, and I wouldn't work, I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. I would never, mm. would never want this for anybody because it was that horrific and that painful. I also wouldn't trade what I have with God now for mm. anything. Mm. And that's a testament to their legacy. And um, I, I think about like, yeah, not, I, I, I think about like, that's the kind of legacy I want to leave for my kids, isn't it a legacy? It's a legacy of Jesus. Mm. I describe my mom that way. Like she made a mess when she left. She made a mess of Jesus. Like it's, it's all over. She's touched so many people and the stories that are woven in are all about God and about Jesus and about his character. And that's, that has motivated me. Mm. And I think about it often. I mean, often Mm. every time I'm doing and every time I want to quit, because honestly, I, there are so many times where I do want to quit. I'm like, oh, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so thankful I get to talk about this. I'm so thankful I got to write a book. But 
with that comes a lot of responsibility. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I just want to quit yeah. and just be in my own turtle shell, like <laughs> just with my own little family, shut the doors and nobody's seeing all my life. Mm-hmm. And, but then mom and then dad. And I, that's, it just kind of like keeps me going. Hmm. It's so good. It's so true. Yeah. I, I really um, can resonate or not resonate, relate to the feeling of like, hi, I'd like to just retreat now. Everyone go away. Um, yeah. But there's that they've, I love that you use the word legacy too not only influence, but legacy. And I think so many of us are solely focused on chasing dreams. And I'm Mm. a huge dreamer and huge believer in dreams and reaching your dreams. But I think sometimes I have to remind myself and ask the question, you know, what's the point of having a dream if it's not leaving a legacy? Like it's going to be a very short lived thing. And so to hear that your mom has left that legacy and you're almost picking up that torch. And there's a sense, like you said, of responsibility that can be heavy and can be hard. And the fact that you're utilizing, you're not utilizing, but because of your, because of her legacy, it's now building your legacy. And it gives, it sounds like what you're saying is that it creates perseverance in you when, when the days are long and hard and, and the process doesn't seem as pretty as maybe it would, you, someone might dream that it would be. Um, yeah. So I, I love that. And I think perspective, li- loss and life and death give us so much perspective on what really matters in life. And yes, I think that is what honestly can help us persevere when the, when the little daily things or the frustrations or the chaos starts to seem to be our only focus. So I'm yep. really encouraged to hear that. That's awesome. And your mom sounds like an amazing lady. Um, But last question I want to ask just on this topic is what you would tell someone that's going through loss, heartbreak, a failed diagnosis, tragedy, or anything like that, and Mm -hmm. really can't get past the pain of right now. What would you say to them? Yeah, I, Jordan, it goes back to that practical piece for me. I'm really big. I'm really big on it and passionate about it um, because I know what it's like to feel like something's wrong with you because you can't get past something. Mm-hmm. I also know what it feels like to have scripture given to you and feeling like, what am I doing wrong that I'm not getting this? I would say, keep practicing scripture. Don't like, don't give that up. Keep mm-hmm. that up. But also consider that you've gone through something that is traumatic mm-hmm. and maybe investigate if there isn't more there that needs to be um, healed. And that might be trauma. It might be counseling, but do a little bit of investigating with professionals that know and understand Mm. trauma or understand loss and grief. Mm. But I think it's really important. And there's something to be said. I'm walking alongside of somebody right now who, um, is a a dear family member who is, um, an addict Mm. and a part of that recovery is being at AA meetings and having a sponsor. Mm. There is something to be said about being with people that understand what you're going through, um, and needing the right kind of help. And so often I think when we go through something tragic and even traumatic, we try to categorize it or uh, whether we try to or we do um, unintentionally categorize it as something like a normal hardship or a day-to-day like, oh, I've been through something hard before, so this is probably how I should deal with it. Well, sometimes you need a little bit more than just this 
little, however you would handle it before. And so, yeah, yeah, I I would definitely like investigate Hmm, and and, practical. Yeah, (laughs) I love it. Practical. Practical. Start there. That's great. Well, thank you so much for your wisdom and for so honestly sharing your story with our community and the actual steps that you've taken and the mess that it is. I mean, the honesty, the openness, and also the practical um, guidance, I think is just absolute gold. So I appreciate it. Where can my listeners find you if they want to learn more about your story or dig into the resources you have? What would be the best place to find you? Yes. Um, my website is mariahatchbowersack.com and Instagram. I'm always on there at mariahatchbowersack. Awesome. Well, I will link your social. I'll make sure my assistant gets that linked in the uh, show notes so that people can easily click and check you out. But Maria, thank you. We appreciate it. We, we love you already. Oh, <laughs> and we're thanks thankful thanks for, your... for having me. Absolutely. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.